Welcome, everyone. It's good to have you back for Episode 2 as we discuss with our special guest, Wayne Williams, the Jesus movement of the 60s and early 70s and how it affected society and our music and our books and the things we saw and the comments that were made even in the national news and how it affected the church and its growth. So let's pick up where we left off. Now, to jump back into the Jesus movement thing, um, one of the things I really enjoyed doing is taking somebody like uh, Chuck Gerard from Love Song, uh, putting some of his, you know, worship CDs on, and, you know, just kind of enjoying the presence of God as I'm driving. Yes. And, and to some people that would sound weird if they haven't experienced it. But when you've experienced it and you know that God is real um, and that you can pray, then it makes sense. And that's why I said getting back to the hidden thrones, the, the theme of prayer in hidden thrones and how prayer upholds the main characters without giving away the plot. Um, you know, it it's, it's um, you know, you can't, you know, you can't put a number on it. You can't, you can't really, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, it, it's just, it is what it is. You know, yep. it, it does it. It's, it's not a mistake and, uh, and it's an exciting thing. Yeah. I think, um, today we've, you know, our time is stolen from us. Mm-hmm. Like here we are right now, we're in the studio, we're doing a podcast and technology is awesome. And we're, you know, we're both into it. You know, it's not foreign to us. We work with it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet, technology has really, you know, it says it makes our life easier. But really what it has done is create a bunch of new toys uh, for us to play with. And, uh, you know, all our phones are like not phones anymore. They're everything, uh, which is cool. You know, we're not against technology. And, you know, I use my, my iPhone, and it's great with the, you know, pictures and all that stuff. But uh, um, I think we can... Or we're being crowded out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're allowing ourselves to be crowded out, and and our time is is consumed. And I think, you know, talking about those early days of revival in, in our lives, um, we could see everybody was kind of looking for a simpler life. Mm-hmm. It was a different kind of a feel. You know, people weren't looking to make their lives busier; they were looking to simplify them. You know, and I think uh, the atmosphere, uh, sometimes I think of the atmosphere, uh, the spiritual atmosphere of the world or an area, uh, it plays into what God does. You know, uh, you know, the, the spiritual atmosphere when Jesus came. I mean, it was it's not a mistake that he came at that time in the manger and the cross, you know, and, you know, we used to minister to some people in prison and stuff like that. And they say, oh, what if Jesus was shot with a gun? You know, would you put pictures of a gun up on top of the church and all that stuff? It, it, it's no accident that it was a cross. Mm-hmm. It's no accident that it was that time frame. And uh, I think that the atmosphere of the society, you know, sometimes it's, it, God has prepared it for that moment. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the 60s and the early 70s was definitely... It was definitely that. The moment was, like you say, they were searching. It was a time of upheaval, you know, and people were realizing that, you know, some things were definitely terribly wrong in a society. They needed to be fixed. I mean, God was on the move everywhere. When you think of Martin Luther King, he was a powerful Christian man with a and a dynamic prophetic voice during that time. Mm-hmm, right. You know, I mean, Christianity was everywhere. Like you, to, today... Um, 
Wayne came in before we got started and showed me some uh, clips that he saved from Life magazine from 1971. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll share a little bit about that, Wayne. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. My wife laughs at me. Um, I'm supposed to be cleaning out the garage, and I'm coming across some really, really cool trinkets that uh, or you know, p- pieces of... Uh, historical evidence that all this stuff did exist but you know there was one of the things about the, the you know some of those articles the the nature of the articles themselves was was very positive look magazine did articles life magazine these were the big pictorials back in the day and there were a lot of pictures and there were a lot of um there was also a lot of um you know stories, but Newsweek did it. Time we Time did it. Yes. Uh, you know, I think U.S. News and World Report had articles, and they were all very, very um, positive. You know, as opposed to some of the press that might how how it might be covered today. You know, I think there'd probably be a skepticism. Um, you know, if if it were to happen today, and that's not a commentary on anything. That's just a, you know, um, true. a personal opinion but right. but you know the thing was that you know there was there was a freshness in this revival um people's lives were being changed positively you know you had people who were coming off of drugs you had people who were coming off of alcoholism you had people who were coming from broken families who were coming from you know difficult relationships and and these people were being healed not only physically but spiritually and what's really interesting too i think one of the indicators of a true quote unquote shall i say movement is you know what are the end results and uh prior to us jumping on our mics here we we're you know talking also about people that i know from back in the early 70s who are still walking with the Lord as a direct result of having, you know, met him back in that day. And, you know, so there's, it would be nice to have a follow-up, you know, um, report, as it were, by one of the large magazines. You know, where are some of these people now, you know, from... 40 40 50 years ago whatever what are they you know what are they up to now are they still believing and you know i can say emphatically yeah there's you know there's a lot of people there's a lot of friends and again you know you alluded to um you know technology um you know social media facebook for me is a way to stay in touch with people that you know, I've known for years and years, but it's also a way for me to pray for a lot of them because there's a lot yeah. of hurting people. And just as an aside, you know, that's, uh, you know, that somebody's looking for a good way to pray. You know, how do I pray? Who do I pray for? Uh, just, you know, just open up your Facebook, um, you know, <laughs> pages there and, you know, just go down the list, you know. But but there was a there was a reality to it. And uh, and like I said, when they was when they were covered by the press, uh, the press was impressed with the fact that, uh, you know, that people were genuinely uh, turning to to Jesus in a very, very real way. And in a way that in many ways for them was unexplainable, you know, because they it wasn't something that they could just kind of box up and, you know, come up with a solution and why this is happening. It was the Spirit of God. It was God's Holy Spirit moving in a mighty way 
in a uh, in in a time that was perfect for it. Um, you know, coming off the Woodstock generation, people were searching. People are still searching. Yep. You are. know, um, one of the things we can probably talk about at a later date is uh, you know some of the uh, artists that were in very well-known secular bands back in the day that uh, nowadays or now are are walking with the Lord. You know, they have decided to follow Jesus. Amen. It's just unbelievable, really. So many names that we know from the past in the rock and roll days are now serving God and using their gifts to glorify the Lord and, and to bring the message of his great love and compassion uh, to this, you know, tired and broken world. Um, you know, sometimes you hear about people saying, well, you know, uh, these artists are so evil or such and such or this or that and the other thing. These secular artists and uh, have, Satan has given them these gifts or whatever. Uh, and that's an impossibility, as we know. Satan doesn't give gifts. He doesn't even have the ability to do so. Uh, God is the gift giver. And he gives gifts freely. And he's given great talents and great abilities to so many people. And it's just up to us on how... We decide to use them. You know, you've been involved in so much uh, with the early Jesus movement as far as music goes. You had the privilege of working with so many different artists and so many different bands, some uh, at the national level and others at the local level. Um, music was such a big part of your life as well. Uh, what are some of the bands or artists that you remember working with? Fourth Press in Washington, D.C., um, Dr. Richard Halverson at the time was the pastor of Fourth Press, and he was also the chaplain, I believe, for the Senate, you know, because he's right there in, you know, D.C. And his son was involved in, in, a, in a bunch of guys in the church, one of the associate pastors, um, I think his name was Blaine Smith. They, they, um, they had a group called the Sons of Thunder. And, cool. you know, it was, you know, I remember doing some events with them um, in New Jersey here, up in West Orange. Um, I was involved with a uh, an organization, um, and this is another whole day of topics, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Navigators, Campus Crusade, into varsity, how they all, you know, handled the outpouring of the uh, the Jesus movement. How did they follow up with some of these people to kind of create some stability in their lives? Um, you know, but I was involved with Navigators, and we did a concert down in uh, Ocean City, Maryland, um, in the early '70s. We brought in the Sons of Thunder, and um, you know, at the time, I remember uh, Doobies had uh, Doobie Brothers had Jesus is just all right, yeah, uh, which most people forget that the Birds had it previous you know, previously, um, but that was one of the, you know, that was one of the songs that Sons of Thunder did, and they did a phenomenal cover of it, um, you know, so there was some real quality, you know, coming out of some of these bands that were, you know, back in the day, another another artist that came out of uh, that church was Scott Wesley Brown, oh, um, yeah. you know, Scott went down there, and Scott, you know, uh, years ago was, you know, was involved with uh, Fourth Press, and uh, you know we had some friends in contact, and then eventually he moved out to. I think he's out in California now doing, uh, you know, his his ministry. But you know, you, you you look at some of these people, and it's just, you know, it's just incredible. You know, um, 
up in Paramus, uh, Charlie Rizzo's uh, Maranatha Church of the Nazarene. They had the Maranatha band that was uh, Maranatha before Calvary Chapel kind of coined the term Maranatha and, you know, made their their music product, the Maranatha music, you know, um, you know, and that was an amazing band. I still have that on vinyl. (laughs) And there was another band that was an offshoot of them. I think the guy's name was Dave Shannon. Um, and the band that they had was resurrection band, which was prior to, um, you know, Glenn Kaiser's resurrection band, which was now res band, you know? So, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's funny. So, you know, you think about a lot of these things and, uh, you know, Church of the Nazarene is still up there. Um, you know, matter of fact, I'm trying to think of, um, it'll come to me. Well, I'll follow up. But there's, there, you know, there's, a, there's a, a Christian going there now who was a secular um, rocker back in the day. You know, so so when you think about different people, you know, I think these are some of that were early, early on. Of yep. course, if you just look at, you know, the the music of the time um, in general, you know, obviously Larry Norman has to kind of be, you know, kind of up there. I remember, yeah, you know, Larry, somebody in, a, in an interview, they asked him, uh, they said, uh, you know, so is it true that the Jesus movement was birthed in your living room? And Larry's response was, well, if it was, um, I wasn't home, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and some of the things that Larry was doing, you know, back in the 60s, some of the music that he was writing and he had no venue. I mean, he had no place to, you know, the the, the Christian labels didn't want him because he was coming out with Christian rock, which to them was, you know, uh, blasphemy. Um, you know, the, he, he had a band, uh, he was with people, uh, they had, um, a, a cover of the zombies. I love you. That was charting and, um, you know, on the secular charts. And it was during that time that he left, you know, people to pursue, you know, just what he felt God was calling him to do music ministry wise. Um, you know, but the secular people that knew him, still wouldn't do anything for him because his lyrics were too Christian, you know? So the, you know, the dynamics of the time. So he, you know, he was very, very instrumental along with several others in pioneering, um, you know, what we now know as Christian music. Thank you so much for joining us for episode two. And episode three is on its way as we continue the discussion on the Jesus movement of the 60s and 70s. God bless.